When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond, a roster that will chase the 7th Lombardi. And look, it's Kevin Colbert's final draft with the Steelers um, as GM. You know, there might be another capacity um, that is with the Steelers, but in some way, shape or form. But this was the final draft and you saw that emotion um, in the post-draft press conference. Yeah, what a week. Um, draft picks, lots of shows on BTSC. Had a real pleasure in being part of those. Had an awesome time on the BTSC draft party kind of thing that, or meeting that was more meeting than draft party that we did in, over Zoom. It was awesome to be a part of that. Um, absolutely fantastic. Bumper show. But, you know, before I before I sort of get into today's show, I just want to promote everything that we're doing on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, some awesome articles. I gave Jeff um, Benedict and I gave, or Jeffrey Benedict and uh, KT Smith some info for some of their um, film rooms just from a statistical perspective. Uh, some of that was on Pickens, some of that was on Kenny Pickett. Um, so that's going to be pretty cool. I know some of that's already been published by the time you listen to this. Um, you know, there's obviously the, it was interesting to hear um, Betts and Andrew Woolbar talk through their thoughts on the draft. I thought some of that was a bit harsh, but I'll say that's a discussion between me and them offline. Um, but differently, it's really good to get all those takes. Um, you had a great Scobo, Scobo show this week. By the time I'm recording this, um, I actually listened to that show um, on YouTube live and had fun feeding into that. Um, you're going to have the curtain call um, on, you know, this afternoon. Um, by the time you listen to this, this comes out on a Wednesday. You've got all the Let's Rides. That was great with Jeff with Chris Carter during the week. Um, bumper TDU coming this week. Bumper Tony Duffio, um, you know, six-pack with Tony. That's going to be awesome too. So, yeah, really excited. And then I'm also recording this in the future, as you all know. Um, I'm Depending on when you are, it might be 12, 14, 18, almost 24 hours in the future. And it's Star Wars Day today. So happy May the 4th. May the force be with everyone. Um, and, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, maybe, as I said on the Scobro show, maybe it's not CA3 for Calvin Austin is his nickname. Maybe it's C3PO, Calvin the third in the Pittsburgh offense. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't take off, but as far as I'm concerned, maybe it's C-3PO for him. Um, you know, that kind of might be cool with Mapletron as well. Um, you know, and then we're starting to build that wide receiver, you know, room out as the draft picks happened. Look, today's show, we're going to cover off six things I'm going to try and get through. Um, so they are how the Steelers went in terms of picking the picks. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett, not do too deep a dive, but I just want to give you my, you know, off the cuff thoughts on that. 
Um, some of my favorite picks in this draft, some of the guys we've covered on War Room that didn't necessarily get picked by the Steelers, but I think there was a couple of interesting insights for us to draw. Um, we're going to talk through um, some in part two. We're going to talk through some fun Kevin Colbert draft facts just so that you can quote them out when he eventually makes the Hall of Fame. We'll just give you an interesting insight into where this draft fell within that. Um, we're going to look at what the picks might mean for a Matt Canada offense. Uh, and also, I'm going to give you a way, way, way too early 2023 mock draft um, just to show how ridiculous the whole mock draft thing is, even though I love doing it, you know, and, and it occupies some of my time, you know, February through April to the draft. Um, so really excited for all of that. But look, let's crack into today's show. Let's start off um, with how the Steelers picked and value. And so I thought this was interesting. Um, the Draft Network, their rankings, their website's going through a refresh now. I think they're uploading their 2023 mock draft simulator. They're changing some things up to make it easier to navigate. But it's kind of difficult to look at their overall prospect rankings. But I did pull up their big board. Um, and so going to the draft, their consensus big board, Kenny Pickett was 33rd. Um, we obviously picked him at 20. Calvin Austin the third was 61st. We picked him at um, 138. Pretty cool. Uh, Pickens was 63rd. We picked him uh, there at 52. Now he would have been way, he wouldn't have been on the board at, at 63, so that's fair. Uh, DeMarvin Leal was 29th on their rankings. We picked him at 84. And Hayward was 222, and we picked him at 208. Uh, but again, he, would he have been there? Probably not. Robinson and Oladokun were not rated, which is a common theme um, across all the big boards that I'm going to give you. And, you know, that's not surprising there. Um, some of them, Oladokun did feature on the Draft Network, though, um, in terms of some of their, they had a couple of articles on him. So they said they were going to go back and look at that in some of the aftermath of the draft. Um, I don't think they have Robinson on there, though. But given what we know about his story and floating between three different schools, I don't think anyone should be overly surprised um, at that pro football network because uh, i'm not touching pff for these rankings um pro football network consensus big board Pickett was 36 we got him at 20 leal was 54 we got him at 84 pickens was 65 we got him at 52 now whether they're all ranking pickens down for the injury or the attitude um, most of the time it's they don't really judge um, attitude, both I know on the draft network and PFN likes to steer clear of this as well. It's more the injury in production. CA3 um, or C3PO was 85. Um, now, we obviously picked him 138, so still value there. No rating for Robinson, no rating for Oladokun, and Hayward was a 276. That's not surprising, and it also fits with Cameron Hayward, sorry, Cameron Hayward, Connor Hayward. I think we're all going to do a bit of that um, on BTSC over the over the coming months. Um, but Connor Hayward, 276, that reflects the position, the versatility that he has, the priority there, a lot of cornerbacks, a lot of offensive tackles um, that went undrafted. And then you look at DJ's top 150, which is released right before the draft, um, and then also... You know, I thought it was interesting that he picked Kenny Pickett as a Steelers draft pick in his final draft uh, mock draft um, 4.0 right before the draft. Um, but Kenny Pickett um, was his 24th best prospect. We got him at 20th, but obviously he was the first quarterback off the board um, there, and we got him there. Pickett, Malik was later. I think he was 26 in this list. Um, Pickens was 61st. We got him at 52 there. We talked about that. Um, interesting to see the consensus there around Pickens. 
DeMarvin Leal, he was 89. Um, obviously, we got him at 84, so about right there. And CA3 was 131, and we got him at 138. So both of those were quite right. Um, and so those that questioned Daniel Jeremiah, um, we, he was within three picks of, for Pickett. He was within nine picks for Pickens, but we know wide receivers were jumping off the board. He was within five picks for Leal, um, and he was in seven picks for CA3 or C3PO, which is pretty cool. The other thing that I would let you know about Daniel Jeremiah's last or last version of his top 150, he usually does his top 50 up until the draft and then he does his 150, is in the podcast where he talked about, he and Bucky talked about that right before the draft. It was like three or four days beforehand. They talked about the fact that he sort of said, I get to sort of 135, 140. I've got about 180 players on my list. And then that's the hard part. Like anyone doing any rankings on mock drafts, he's like, then what I have to do um, is basically like go and pick. I've got to, I've got to cut it down. And so I have about 180 people there and I've got to fill 10 spots, you know, and I've got 30 to 40 people that I want to put in there. So, you know, I don't think necessarily you would have probably seen a Cameron Haywood there or an Oladokun or Robinson. Maybe you saw a Haywood depending on the flexibility of the position, but I'm pretty sure Haywood was in his top 200 and someone that he really liked. And so, It gives you a feel. We did this last year in the draft. Um, I didn't get to go back and look at that um, in prep for this podcast, but we talked about the value. I think like Kendrick Green was super value there. Um, I don't know. Najee Harris was super value. Um, I think the second round draft pick that we had, Freemuth was super value as well. So it seems to be consistency here that the Steelers have done really well. And look, maybe people latch onto the 33rd with with Pickett. Pickett, I think the Draft Network did have Malik higher. I think he was like 28th um, on the list that I saw. That's all well and good. But at the end of the day, we got the Steel. Steel's got their top quarterback. Um, everyone says, oh, you could have got him in the second round. Well, if he's ranked 33rd and 36th, worst case, on you know three of these different situations, would we have? I don't think we would have. I thought Big Bro Scro had an interesting point of view that would, if the Saints had the Saints, Sean Payton still been at the Saints, would they have drafted a quarterback? That's an interesting insight. I think there are a couple of other teams that would have moved around in the 20s. I had mocked um, or had a bet on Detroit picking Kenny Pickett at 32. I think they would have considered that there um, for what they need right now and given what how they're going to run the offense with Jared Goff. I was a little bit surprised they didn't. I mean, obviously they traded up for Jameson Williams, but I thought they would have tried to get back in the first to get Pickett. Um, but yeah, interesting to see how that sort of fell fell through the chain. Even you could have seen Tampa go after him as well. Um, you know, with some of their picks, find a backup to Tom Brady. Um, yeah, that's pretty interesting from that perspective. But anyway, that's how it fell. I think we can all agree that there was certain value there. <clears throat> so moving on to point number two of this week's show, the picket pick. Look, there's a lot of debate about Malik Wheelers versus Kenny Pickett. I, you know, if you're an avid listener to Warren, you remember back to week three last year where I covered off Sam Hartman and I covered off Kenny Pickett. It was week three of the season. It was four or five weeks into the college season. And we talked about, you know, uh, the accuracy from them both because Kenny Pickett was starting to have a really, really great season and people were latching on to him being a top quarterback in this year's NFL's draft. Look, I wouldn't have hated it. I don't hate anyone picked by the Pittsburgh Steelers um, unless there's something very untoward going on. But I wouldn't have hated Malik Willis, but I would have. I, I did. I didn't want it at twenty. And if you listen to Jeff's Let's Ride last Friday, you heard me in the background saying, "Not Malik, not Malik, not Malik." 
I say, I wouldn't have hated it. I didn't think he was worth the 20th pick in the draft. Some people will tell me we didn't think Pickens was worth it. Um, so Pickett was worth it, the upside, all the rest of it. Well, I actually think Pickett has a higher upside than Malik Willis. And you might call me stupid, but Malik Willis is boom or bust. Kenny Pickett with a high floor actually gives him a higher ceiling. And you say, well, yeah, okay, on all probability, maybe that's true. But for me, his floor is high because he can already do the basics of what the NFL needs. And obviously, he hasn't thrown a pass in the NFL yet. You know, he could throw in a social in the first pass, maybe he proves it's all wrong. But assuming everything and the Steelers have got it right, his floor is, is high enough that he's good enough at the NFL. That means that his rookie year, he's probably got a smoother adjustment. The smoother adjustment means that he can work in some of that extra stuff. He can focus on the deep ball. He can focus on, you know, how he's going to be accurate with scrambling. But I heard an interesting take through NFL Tapeheads, which is an awesome podcast series that I've enjoyed throughout this draft process. It's now wrapped up for the year. And they talked about it and, and Malik Willis and how the scrambling. And they said, that's great. But if you're scrambling every play or you're Zach Wilson, even if you look at Zach Wilson and his pro day last year that got everyone enamored with him, if you're scrambling every play, it means your offense is broken down. That means there's problems with the offensive line. And that means you're going to be under more pressure. That means your wide receivers may not be in the position you want them to be in to throw the ball. That might you know, mean that you are facing sacks, you're facing pressures. You don't actually want that. So if people are sitting here going, oh, well, you know, Pickett's not as mobile as Malik. Do you want an offense that operates with what we're doing? Or do you want an offense that's just built on Madden-style plays? And even then in Madden, it, the, that, that's changed enough where you can't just run around. Trust me, Mark, Marky D, my co-host for TD, you and I had a game a couple of weeks back where I was Kyler Murray. And yeah, I could do some awesome things 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage, but I couldn't just simply run around people. It doesn't work in the video game. It's certainly not working well in the NFL. Um, and so that's why I like the pick at pick. They have the choice of all the quarterbacks. They picked him. We're ready to go. We're win now. And if you are you know, if you are a believer in winning and, and, and trying to win a Super Bowl every season, you have to pick Kenny Pickett at 20. Or you, you have to pick Kenny Pickett with your first pick of the draft if he's available. That's what you got to do because you don't, you don't, they obviously don't believe in, in Mason Rudolph. Trubisky, if he goes down, we're back with Rudolph. Trubisky's only on a two year deal. He's sitting there. He, he's the most NFL pro ready. I don't, I don't subscribe to the fact he would be the sixth draft pick, the sixth best quarterback in the in the draft. You know, if he was in there last year, I don't then because he was not. He was in there this year, right? But if you balance him against some of those quarterbacks, who's to say Trey Lance is a lot better than him? I don't know. I think he's got more potential than Mac Jones. You know, and so we can go through this all we like. But at the end of the day, Steelers a pick Kenny Pickett. Let's get on the Kenny Pickett train. I'm excited. I, I didn't allow myself to fall in love with Pickett because I didn't think Steelers would, would get him um, at 20. And I also didn't want them trading up for him. I did not want them trading up for a quarterback in this draft. I was happy that they not even pick quarterback in the first round. Um, and then if that was the case, my eye was on Desmond Ritter. But they picked him. They got him. And now I'm really, really excited. And I've been only more impressed with everything I've seen post-draft to do with him. But look, with that, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers War Room. Join me for part two. We're going to look at some top prospects um, that we talked about and where they got drafted. There were some cool surprises. And I told you that I was really wanted to enjoy seeing where guys went on draft day. Um, then I'm going to give you some fun Kevin Colbert draft facts, which I think are pretty interesting because this draft played into that. Uh, and then we're going to have a, we're going to talk about what this draft might mean for the Matt Canada offense. And of course, I'll give you a silly all too early take on the 2023 
mock drafts, two mock drafts that I was able to do um, today or two more mock drafts with two separate entities. Because, hey, they're names that we're going to probably be looking at on War Room um, over the next 12 months at some point in time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ain't the worst looking man you've ever seen. We're back on Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matty Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, and the rest of the Steelers front office, Brandon Hunt included, um, as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. And that started with the draft this week. So as I said in part one, I want to start off part two, looking at a couple of picks um, and where they were made, because I thought it was pretty interesting um, from that perspective in terms of some of the players we previewed on this show and where they got drafted, uh, because there were some pretty interesting things. We talked about Tyquan Thornton. He was drafted at 50th. We didn't necessarily think he was going to go to much later in the piece in the third or the fourth round. It's still a bit of a perplexing pick, um, but he is someone that, you know, some some you know pundits I'd seen thought he was actually going to be a better overall um, you know prospect over time than Chris Olave, believe it or not. But that's what NFL tape heads, I, f- I forget his name, um, Bob Kishuza, I think he that's what he was saying. Uh, I think it's a little bit early with 50, but top 100 was probably fair. Before him at pick 49 was Alonte Taylor, who we covered, um, I think it was on the 15th of April, uh, cornerback out of Tennessee, who I loved. Some people were talking about him on the NFL Network about going to safety. I don't see that. I see him sticking outside or even moving into the slot potentially. Um, But picked by the Saints there. Now, I had him for the Steelers, hopefully in the third round. He wasn't there. He was gone before Pickens. Um, So I really like that because (laughs) it sort of made me feel a bit like, hey, at least I can spot a bit of talent on tape. Uh, but he's going to be great for New Orleans and look for him to shine. Um, and that's kind of disappointing in a way because I would have loved to see him as Steeler, but, you know, that was pretty cool. Alex Pierce was taken 53rd by the Colts. Great wide receiver. He could have a really good career. Some people are saying, you know, he, he could be a, a bit of a Drake um, London light um, in this draft, which is pretty cool. Uh Troy Anderson got taken 58. We talked about him briefly on one of the podcasts um, as well. So that's pretty cool. That was all second round. Um, Roger McCreary, we talked about, he was drafted 35. He went high. A lot of people in the late, you know, sort of the last six to eight weeks of the draft process said, nah, you know, he's going to be a third and maybe even slips as the fourth or late second to, to late third is more likely. And hey, he fell, um, you know, sorry, he went, he got taken at 35 and I had him there in the second for the Steelers if Pickens was off the board because I had mocked Pickens. And look, we talked about Pickens as well. We talked about um, George Pickens. And when we did that as well, we compared him to Wondell Robinson, who everyone on this podcast knows I was high on. Well, Wondell Robinson went 43rd. 
43rd. He went before Tyquan Thornton. He went before George Pickens. Now, that was really high for him. Maybe I, I thought third round in the first 10 picks of it. But hey, again, we're spotting some talent there on this on this show. So, you know, that's that's exciting for Wanda Robinson. I think he'll do well. I think he's going to, he, he might find himself a little bit of a Terrell Edmonds situation where, oh, he shouldn't have been picked that high. But he, I honestly think he'll have a really great career. So good on him. Um, you know, as I say, round three was an interesting round, I thought, with a couple of the picks as well and some of the prospects that we'd covered on this show. Jelani Woods, we briefly talked about on one of the shows. Um, D'Angelo Malone, I'd mocked late on. I talked about DeMarvin Leal at times and said I think it was going to be interesting um, with him and, and, and where he was ranked. And I had I talked about him when he was slipping down the boards a bit. Um, but to see him there at that value is, uh, is ter- I think, terrific value from the Pittsburgh Steelers from, from that perspective. Um, we talked about Kirby Joseph late on in the process. And would he be there rounds four to six? He was taken with the 33rd pick in the third round, 97th overall. So he wasn't there. Um, pure, and, pure and simple from that perspective. I thought David Bell went late. And when he's gone to the Browns, and I think that's a great pick for them. Um, a little bit disappointed that he, we're going to, the Steelers are going to have to you know, measure up against him uh, throughout the season. But I, I thought that was really good value that the Browns got there. Um, you know, and the Browns, I had one Browns fan. I did a mock draft with the draft network um, and, and I did a full draft every every pick for every team. And I had one come back to me and slam me for like picking Sky Moore. I think they would have loved Sky Moore. I think that guy's an idiot. Um, Perrin Winfrey to the Browns, that's going to be a challenge as well. I thought that was an interesting pick there. We talked about Max Mitchell really on in the process. I thought he had a terrible um Pro day at the well, pro day senior bowl effort. Um, we talked about him really early on in War Room last year. He got picked 111th to the Jets. Um, so he's gonna have to develop, I think, a lot. Um, but good on him for getting picked there. Uh, you know, in looking at as well, Pierre Strong is someone we talked a little bit about on this podcast. Um, so interesting to see, you know, him getting picked up as well uh, in the draft and 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 fairly early on, too. I think for where he was sort of sitting, Cordell Volson. I sat there. He was one of the first guys we talked about in War Room to kick off the season last year. And there he was. He got picked 136 by the Bengals, um, which kind of sucked, to be honest. Uh, I, I really wanted him in the fifth. I wanted the Steelers trade up to get back him in the fifth. He's going to be a good player for them. Versatile. The Steelers are going to see him. Um, you know, I'm kind of stuck now because I thought he's a great prospect. But, you know, I now need the Steelers to dominate him. But is that going to make my evaluation look terrible? <laughs> That's the funny thing. Oh, the one I skipped on in the third round, everyone knows. He's kind of like one of my draft crushes along with like Cordell Volson in the draft. Um, and that was, or two of them actually, Chad Muma, who went to the Jaguars at 70. That was a bit later, a bit later on. Um, you know, but the other guy, the draft crush was Travis Jones, the Baltimore Ravens. How can Jones go to the Baltimore Ravens? You know, the only thing that's placated by is us getting Calvin Austin the third and the fourth, which I absolutely love that pick. Um, Jalen Tolbert, who I talked about that I liked, he went to Dallas Cowboys. That's a good spot for him. I think he's going to do really, really well there. Um, So that's exciting for him and the future of his career. We talked about Connor Haywood before. Thank God we got him in the sixth. I don't really want to talk too much about the fifth uh, because really when it comes to the fifth, 
you know, we talked a little bit about Cole Turner. We talked a little bit about times. I think we did a profile on Darren Kennard, I think, from memory. We talked about Tariq Woolen. That one was really late for Woolen. I was surprised he fell, um, you know, fell that late, which was, yeah, it, it still surprises me seeing it in front of me right now. Uh, I think we talked about Braxton Jones mid last season. John Ridgeway from Arkansas. I think that's a good fit with him with the Cowboys. Um, I didn't get to Ridgeway. Uh, in the in the sort of the, the draft process. He was a player I did want to get to. You just don't have the time to get to everyone, you know, especially when I'm doing a half an hour to 40-minute show for you guys each week. Very hard to get to everyone, particularly when we focus on free agency and we focus on rookies that are playing in season. That becomes really, really hard. Uh, but, you know, yeah, again, again, someone that I was really happy to see get taken and get taken to a team that I think he's actually going to make a difference with. Darren Kendrick, I mean, he had a massive fall. Maybe it's some of those character issues. Maybe it's, you know, the switch from ten- I mean, Tennessee to Georgia. Uh, there, he got taken by the Rams. I still think that's value at 212. Um, I could go through a lot of the UDFAs, not just the seventh round. I did like Oladokun. I thought that he was a fair pick if you don't have to pay him as much um, as you would otherwise. I'm not going to, you know, bag the Mark Robinson pick. I think that's helpful um, there for uh, Brian Flores, but we can talk about that when we go through the draft picks later on um, in this off-season cycle or this, you know, I guess pre in a way kind of preseason cycle. Um, but I think... Other than that, Andrew Stuber probably felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've fallen that far, but hey, at least he got drafted still. And that kind of sums up all those sort of value picks. Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma, I'm not surprised he fell. Travis Jones bullied him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, so with that, that that's going to wrap up the the third area, my some of my favorite picks or some of the picks that we got to know through War Room um, throughout the, this 2022 draft class evaluation and, and previewing. Uh, yeah, some great picks. I think, as I say, Alonte Taylor, you know, where he got picked, I think it was a 48 by, by the San Antonio, uh, San Antonio, the New Orleans Saints. I'm thinking of gold and black and I'm thinking of the Saints. Um, there's the Saints, I think, it's really interesting now. He's got the pressure on for, for his career um, there. So the next thing we'll move on to that I was going to talk about was Colbert Draft Facts. Now, basically, I've got a master spreadsheet that I've debuted on War Room before that's got all, and it's thanks to this um, pro football reference, it's got all the picks that Colbert's made, and I've got the pre-Colbert error as well. Really interesting. With the pick of DeMarvin Leal, um, Texas A&M, and I predicted on TDU that one of my bold predictions, one of my expectations was to draft a player from Penn State. One of my bold predictions was we'd get a player from Texas A&M. I did say that was more likely Michael Clemens at the edge um, and somewhere in the fifth if we trade it back in. Well, hey, we got to Marvin Leal, who I think will be a steal at 84, just personally. And that puts Texas A&M into one of the top schools with five picks in the Colbert era um, from Texas A&M. And that leapfrogged them away from, you know, Virginia Tech. Um, It moved them away from Wisconsin, um, you know, in terms of those picks. Tennessee, um, it made them parallel with with Tennessee. We picked a few players out of there. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett was only the third player ever picked. Um, by the by, Kevin Colbert out of Pittsburgh, which is interesting. I thought Penn State it put Texas A and M on the on the same plane as Penn State. Um, Ohio State still remains the most picked college for a Colbert um, with with eight picks there. 
And and so, you know, and they've often been number one draft picks as well. We've had, um, you know, three number ones in San Antonio, Holmes, Ryan Shazier, Cameron Haywood out of those guys. Um, so that was interesting. Mississippi um, sits at three, so obviously not really affected by Ole Miss. Michigan State with the Connor Haywood pick, um, Michigan State become, goes up to four colleges, and that's in line with Michigan um, as well. So they're equal footing now for Kevin Colbert. Miami, Florida was only five to give you some context as well. So Texas A&M goes up there for him in that respect as well. Um, the George Pickens pick, that puts them into six Um you know, draft picks that um, Kevin Colbert's drafted out of Georgia, uh, which is pretty interesting because that put them, as say, it's still behind Ohio State with eight, but that put them on an equal footing with Florida State. And that's been a real go-to every couple of years um, for Kevin Colbert. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But Florida has five. So the state of Florida is a, is a favored from uh, whatever scouts down that looks after that for the Steelers. He's get, you know, he's definitely got a say. Um, but I would say a lot of those picks are all when, you know, Florida teams were doing well because most of them, are, you know, there's not been one since 2013 um, in Vince Williams, which is interesting. Uh, and then Alabama, that state, I was shocked at how small it is. Do you know that Kevin Colbert's only drafted three players out of there? But obviously they liked a lot of the players out of there because if you think a lot of guys who acquired like a Minka Fitzpatrick um, and, and so on and so forth come out of there. So I thought that was really interesting because it elevated Texas A&M, you know, really high. Um, and that was sort of an interesting thing for me. It elevated Georgia really high as well. They've really gone dipped into that well the last few years as well. When you look at Texas A&M uh, particularly, that, you know, they drafted the Marvin Leal this year. They drafted Buddy Johnson and Dan Moore the previous, you know, in the previous draft. Um, you know, Chris Taylor, um, I don't have the year for him. Otherwise, it was Terrence Frederick, the defensive back um, in 2014. So kind of interesting from that perspective um, as well there. So I don't think Colbert's drafted a player from South Dakota State based on what I had entered here. So that's interesting. And I wrote all Miss in for Mark Robinson. Um, and so but I don't know whether they've listed it as, you know, um, well, actually, Mark Wallace, yeah, Mississippi. So that that's on four as well. Um, from that perspective. But yeah, Texas A&M is the real interesting draft fact to take out of this year's draft uh, with Kevin Colbert from that perspective. And Georgia elevates to, to second on that list, equal second on that list behind the Ohio State. Um, who've got some players in next year's draft. So I think Ohio State might continue to rocket up the boards there as the clear consensus number one college um, that the Steelers have been drafting out of in the past sort of 25 years. But definitely, obviously, Colbert won't technically be a part of that draft. So that kind of stops here. Um, but it is an interesting one. So the next part that I wanted to cover off was Matt Canada. Matt Canada is a winner and a loser out of this draft. Why do I say that? The pressure's on. Now, I said before, I've said on different shows throughout the last couple of months and guest appearances that I've had, that we needed to, the Canada offense needs to fire this season and next. I didn't want the Steelers to overcommit in terms of bringing players that only work in that system. But I think they've done that well. I think they've balanced that well. They've got a quarterback that works well in that. They've got a fullback tight end that works well with that in Connor Haywood. Um, and... But now it's on. Now we've got to see it. We've got an investment with, you know, really key offensive players in this draft. 
We need to see it. Now, I think Oladokun is kind of like a Dobbs type, a guy that can play scout team Lamar Jackson, um, were absolute worst case. And I think that's valuable at a, you know, under a million dollars a year because you've got to play him twice. And, can, you know, I think any Steel fan would be happy for the franchise to pay a million bucks and then be able to beat the Ravens twice or at least show up well. Um, so that's a good investment, even financially. Um, and he's not going to be anywhere near on, you know, a million dollars. Um, but Matt Canada's under, Matt Canada's under a pump now. Now we've got to see it. I hope for his sake we do. I think he can do things. Um, but we don't no longer have, you know, uh, a statue in Big Ben. Um, you know, it's it's time. And so I'm excited for it. I think we've got the quarterbacks to do it. You know, there was a question, and I'm, I'm not going to call them out, you know, because I think it's unfair and, I, I, you know, I don't want to misrepresent them. It was a fair question. But two of my BTC colleagues said, why would you go and draft Kenny Pickett? This is in a Zoom chat, and they kind of covered it on one of their show, on the show that they featured on. Um, why would you go draft Kenny Pickett if you've got if he's so similar to Mitch Trubisky? And to me, the common sense is, well, why wouldn't you? Especially if he's got more upside, because if Trubisky gets injured, assuming you want to sit Pickett, do you want to restructure your whole offense? No, you want the Steelers to go on smooth transition, continue. Equally, if Pickett becomes a day one starter or he becomes a starter, whatever week it is, and he gets injured or has to miss a game from a a concussion or something like that, or you want to rest him late in the season or you want to manage his snaps for 17 games. Yeah, you want to have a quarterback that plays the same way, don't you? Do you want to be able to run the same things and cause the least disruption? And so that's an example of why Matt Kander, I think, He's a little bit on the hot seat, but I'm excited for Matt Cam to be able to actually execute his offense. And then you think about getting a guy like, you know, C-3PO. You think about getting a guy like George Pickens to go with Claypool, who I think will bounce back, but I really want to see a, a change in attitude from him. Najee Harris, Pat Freemuth, and Connor Haywood. Like, and I know you people are thinking Matt Weiss and Connor Haywood, but I think Gentry will free him up. It gives them something else so if Freemuth doesn't have to do everything. It's just so exciting. Um, and so, yeah, Matt Canada, um, he, he's got to do some things. He's really got to do some things this year, and the, the pressure's on here. And, in fact, I think there's more pressure on him than there is Kenny Pickett. Um, that's how I'm feeling as of this moment. Um, you know, that by this moment, I mean, you know, as I've been thinking and reflecting on the draft. Cool. Well, the final part of this week's show, I said we'd look at in a way too early 2023 mock draft. I ran two. Um, with Pro Football Network, um, and one of them includes trades, and then I ran two with um, PFF because it's not up yet on the Draft Network. I thought it would be a bit of fun, some names to throw out there um, really early on. So the first, the first. now both of these interesting, both these drafts have the Steelers picking at 11th, right? So they're kind of assuming the Steelers are going to have a losing record. I don't think so. I think the Steelers are going to be picking at like 22 or above. That's just me, though. Um, but the first one I did, I accepted, um, so I accepted a, a trade, um, in the first to trade from 11th back to 18th. Um, and with that, I picked Jordan battle. Um, so I got there, I traded the 11th pick, um, for picks 18 and 50, Thought that was a good jump. You want to get two top 50 picks. Um, and so that uh, the Colt, I traded with the Colts, they picked Eli Ricks, um, and I picked, um, Jordan battle. Um, and then, and then I moved, I moved back there. Um, so I picked Jordan Battle with the with the 18th pick. 
I then pick Zach Harrison, the edge out of Ohio State. I think they go back there to find Cameron Haywood's replacement. Um, and I, the early things I've read is that he probably will transition to a 3-4. I then pick Zach Charbonnet with 61 um, out of UCLA, who I think was going to almost declare for this draft. But I think another year for him will work really well in, the, in that um, in that offense. I uh, thought he could do a bit more, give it a bit different. I think he fits in the Matt Cameron offense from what I've seen. Um, bigger back, um, bit pacey, but gives you something a bit different to Najee. Um, then I picked... Chavion Collin, the offensive guard at Alabama. I haven't seen him, but he was rated pretty highly, and I thought that made sense given it was a top school. Now, you recognize that I didn't have the 50th pick. I traded the 50th pick and the 175th pick in the draft for pick 61 and 93, and 61 is where I got Charbonnet, and then 93, I got Tavian Thomas, um, another running back out of Utah. So I thought the running back room needed refreshing at this stage. Um, I didn't like who was kind of available in other positions, knowing the steel, who the Steelers had today in 2022. Um, so I picked Tavian Thomas out of Utah, and now he's a name that I'm going to look at through the season. Um, with the 111th pick, I picked Trevay. Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Um, he on PFN is ranked 150th right now overall um, in terms of rankings. He's a cornerback prospect that um, out of TCU that's going to get hype and fanfare because he's the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson. And I've heard he's pretty good, um, but he needs to have a big season if he's going to be boosted up the rankings. I apparently picked him 40 picks too early, but there were like two quarter cornerbacks on the board and the other guys I'd sort of heard of and didn't really like. And then I picked Dalton. Um, Kincaid out of the tight end out of Utah. Um, I don't really know too much about him, but he was kind of the best tight end on the board, and I sort of thought still was needed to to get that there. And that was that. So that was what I did. The next draft, I didn't trade. I did a a, a small trade. Um, I traded again. I, I did a small trade to with the eleventh pick in the draft and I got 20th and 52. I got off and wall different things with more trades, but I didn't want to do that. Um, oh, and I got a first round in 2024, which I did because maybe the Steelers don't like Kenny Pickett then and they want to do something, or maybe they go out and get, you know, someone top or you, they use that to trade back in. I didn't want to complicate it. So I didn't trade back in, even though I do like to trade in a draft. So uh, the 20th pick of the 2023 NFL draft, I picked Nolan Smith, the edge out of Georgia. Then with the 43rd pick, I stuck with Zach Harrison and picked him out of the Ohio State. I then got Broderick Jones out of Georgia, the tackle, who I think needed a, I think the sort of the go on him was it would be interesting to see with him with a second, another year of college. So um, now I'm going to definitely look at him. Then I went back at 111 again. He was the third best cornerback by rankings, but the one that I knew that the best so I could judge it, um, Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Then I picked Cameron McDonald out of Florida State, who I have heard a little bit about. And then I picked Justin Shorter out of Florida, who I know is a bigger-bodied receiver. I think he's like 6'2 to 6'4 um, there. So to give them someone, if they were going to lose Claypool, or just give them a bigger body to put in the room. Um, and then obviously I had the Arizona first, and you know maybe the Steelers use that to trade back in and get someone else. But I didn't fully love a lot of the names that I was seeing being you know, available for the Steelers at their picks. Um, but again, we don't know the class. We don't know who's going to declare, who's not going to declare. It's way too early, but that's what I picked. So if you're a college buffin, you know, feel free to tweet me your thoughts on, on some of those guys. And then PFF only allow you to do um, three rounds of mocks. The first one I picked Peter 
Um, Skoroneski out of Northwestern, I do like him. He's someone I picked regularly in one of the Madden draft classes I have for 2024. I then went and picked the safety Brandon Joseph, and I picked Zach Charbonnet, so at 75th. So you can see, like, I don't mind Zach Charbonnet after the 60th pick. I do think the Steelers need a safety. That's probably one of the considerations um, that I give that I gave, obviously, when I picked Jordan Battle um, in that first one that I did. Um, I didn't in the other one because I figured, you know, they might go sign another safety. And I wanted to, and the other one, there wasn't a good safety on the board that I liked. And the final PFF mock draft, the final one that shows how silly mocks are with pick with the 11th pick, no one would trade back to me to give me their pick in the 20s and two picks in the top 100. So with the 11th pick, somehow it was available on the board. I picked CJ Stroud. Now that seemed really silly to me, but that shows how silly mocks can be. But also, would you not pick CJ Stroud and have Kenny Pickett maybe as your backup or allow Stroud to develop and sit? I don't know. Look, I don't know, but he was there. No one would trade back with me. I tried five different teams. They didn't want to accept it, so I picked him. Then I picked Brandon Joseph again, and then I picked Zach Charbonnet again because they were the best positions at at Steelers' needs for me. That's, That's all for us to talk through over the next 12 months. That's going to wrap up this week's Steelers' war room. Now, next few weeks, this is what we've got coming up in War Room over the next sort of 10 weeks. We're going to go rounds two to seven. We're going to talk about those. Then I'll finish the review of each of the, and, and we're going to talk about what each pick or position means for the Steelers, um, those rooms. Now, we might combine the wide receivers. Let's see, but I kind of want to split Austin and Pickens because they're very different wide receivers. Uh, and then we'll go to Pickett in round one because you can hear a lot about Kenny Pickett over the next couple of weeks. You've probably heard about him a lot already. Let's save him for later on. We've got a bit more we can do then too between you know um, rookie mini camps and all the rest of it. Then uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a review show of all the draft picks that uh, AFC North rivals picked. Now, Jeff Hartman, funnily enough, in the Let's Ride for Monday this week that I'm doing this podcast said, I don't care about who they picked, or, you know, all these different people. Yeah, and, and that's how many of us are going to feel. But I, you know, matters for listeners of Warren because obviously in the in the season we talk about our rookies and how they're going against other rookies. And look, a lot of people think the Ravens tooled up. The Browns had a decent draft, um, and the Bengals picked people at the right positions, and they were a Super Bowl team. Um, so we're going to do a, a show on that. Um, and then we're going to be able to really start to get into the season. So that's what's coming up over the next sort of eight to 10 weeks um, of War Room. Really excited for it. Um, really excited. This show is going into its second season, um, second full in season. Um, we just finished off our second um, free agency and draft process. And number one, I want to thank you guys, the listeners. Without you, there's no show. Without you, there's no point in a show. I can just think about all this stuff. Um, you make it what it is. And as always, remember, you can shoot me through questions that you might have as well, um, particularly as I'm doing these prospects. Maybe you've got a specific question you feel like I want to answer or you'd like addressed in some of the content that I pull um, or put together for it. And so that email is Aussie, A-U-S-S-I-E, uh, Steeler91 at gmail.com, or you can tweet at me at MattPev, M-A-T-T-P-E-V. If you can't find that, You'll easily be able to find it through one of the behind the steel curtain tweets about the podcast. But with that, I hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the rest of BTSC this week and, and going into the next few weeks. Um, and I hope you're starting to recover from what was an epic um, NFL draft and everything leading up to it. And as always, go Steelers. Go Steelers.